whether it's a decade-defining play. Auburn's going to win the football game! Auburn's going to win the football game! A hit heard round the world. You got barbecue back there? And you didn't invite me? Hurt my feelings! Or some all-time great interviews. I think I got my swagger back! Oh, oh. We're here to bring you everything college football. This is the four-year starter. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, once again to the four-year starter. I am your host, Bear, and we've got a rousing election day edition for you today. I'm honored, as always, to have my partner in crime with us, writer, producer of Bring the Blitz with Bane, your one-stop blog about everything NFL. He's got power rankings, weekly pick'ems, fantasy advice, and so much more. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Bane. How we doing, fella? Oh, man, I'm doing great. You know, there's a lot of things going on right now in our country outside of of football or sports, but I'm excited to get the opportunity to sit down and talk with my best bud and, and talk some college football. Absolutely. We're excited to have you as always. And to all of our listeners who do, did not know this already, we're going to start right away. We're going to take a, a look at uh, who's cooking here. Okay, Who's cooking in the top 25? We've got our risers. We've got our fallers. So I want to take a look first at our risers and, you know, kind of some of the things that we liked about them. Right off the top of the bat, uh, Iowa State up six spots after beating Kansas 52-22. I understand moving up with a big win on that, but it's Kansas. <laughs> it's Kansas. That's a good point. Yeah, Kansas is not, generally speaking, a, a huge uh, you know statement game for any team. But Iowa State does have some some good wins, I think, if you look at the one over Oklahoma and the one over Texas Tech, who I think is a better team than, than they showed. So, you know, I get it, but uh, I'm still a little bit weary of the Cyclones. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, again, props to them on a big victory, but it's it's Kansas. So uh, moving right along, we have Indiana, who's up four. Now, Indiana was a, um, a, a surprise, I would say, in in week one and then came out here in week two, did a fairly decent job just uh, taking apart Rutgers here, I believe. And um, and just really. They look like a solid team. They're not doing anything crazy. They beat Penn State week one, Rutgers week two. Um, it, it was don't get me wrong, it was a close and wild win. So Indiana's you know a two and zero by the skin of their teeth after that week one. But um, they don't they don't look bad. But they beat uh, they beat Rutgers those Scarlet Knights and and they jumped up four spots. I was really impressed with Indiana's defense against Rutgers. Uh, the game was not as close as. It might look on the scoreboard, and you know I don't know if Indiana is going to actually be a contender in the Big Ten, but it's nice to see them off to a hot start. Sure, I th- I think with teams that are already like one and one or zero oh and two, such as Michigan and Penn State in that East, it is definitely good to have teams like Indiana at a two and zero oh spot. Um, a Rutgers team at one and one that still looks better than they have in the past. Uh, it looks like there's going to be a-, a whole lot of parity in, in the Big Ten, at least in the Big Ten East, because Michigan one and one, Michigan State one and one, Penn State's 0 and 2, Indiana 2 and 0, 
Rutgers one and one. Like it's just it's uh, there's going to be some parity, which will be interesting. Now that top tier Ohio State's going to be tough. You know, it's it's probably going to be tough to knock them off. But nonetheless, I don't think it's a, a foregone conclusion who's going to be who's going to be number two in that in that um, in that conference. No, I agree with you. And there's still actually a couple of other undefeated teams: two and Purdue, two and Northwestern. I don't know if, how real those guys are either, but it'll, it'll be fun to at least watch this conference through the rest of the conference-only schedule that's in front of them. So <laughs> the uh, the last team we're going to talk about in our risers section here, the Shants, those Shants. Uh, I got to eat my words on this one. So, huh? yeah, oh, absolutely. So they took on Georgia State, and they were ranked 20th last week, Coastal Carolina, and now they are up 5-5. to they took a 51 to zero victory against Georgia state and they, they look good. And now, now Bane, let me say, you're not the only one who's eating your words there because for anybody who also watched game day, Mr. Uh, Pat McAfee also was a hundred percent against them. And this past week at this, this past week, he, he, he ate his words and took it back. So, uh, yeah, don't worry. I mean, they, they're not playing. I mean, Georgia State isn't the best competition, but holy crap, Coastal Carolina got in there and got the job done. Well, like I said last week, you know, Coastal doesn't play in the greatest of conferences, but there are some teams in that conference that I think could beat them. Georgia State wasn't one of the ones I mentioned. Not saying that that's a, a bad team at all in the FBS, but probably not one of the better teams really in the Sun Belt. Coastal's offense is legit. Uh, you know, I don't know how – I think – Last week, I definitely mentioned that uh, I didn't think their offense could keep up this pace, but it's been it's been surprising. And 51-0, anytime you get a win like that, that's a huge opportunity to rise in the rankings. Still got a couple games coming up at the end of the schedule that I think might be where they slip, but time will tell. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that's a great point too. It's Georgia State isn't one of those teams that was really going to come in there and 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 take over, but there are some at the end of the season that could slip up, but we'll see. Last week you called them pretenders. Are you standing by that still? I think they are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm gonna stick to it. Nothing that happened this past weekend <clears throat> lets me think that uh, that this team's for real in terms of the top 25 or in the Sun Belt. I got you. I absolutely understand. All right. So those are some of our risers. Let's check out of our check out some of our fallers here. Michigan is down. 10 spots after a loss to Michigan State 27-24. I think a lot of people expected them to come in and kind of destroy more or less Michigan State after a pretty pathetic loss to Rutgers. Um, And I was one of those people. I really expected the Wolverines to come in uh, and give Sparty a hard time. And, and, you know, Sparty really, they, they were not having that in any way, shape or form. Um, uh, first year, first year head coach Mel Tucker. He had him ready. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He had him ready. There was a nice little uh, pregame stare down. I don't know if you saw this. Um, Michigan going back into the locker room, passing Michigan State, and it looked pretty intense. But Mel Tucker had him ready. So you know, props to props to Michigan State, and but Michigan did drop. So, and I do think that there has to be some conversation about Jim Harbaugh and how well he's getting his guys ready in these big games. So. It definitely was a shocker, I think, but Michigan's got a lot of good talent. You got to start thinking what's going on in that locker room and with the coaching to have them so unprepared for such an opponent, as you mentioned, they should have easily handled. Yeah, and I believe last week's episode, you actually even talked about how 
it's time to be worried if if you're um, if you're a Michigan fan. Uh, Harbaugh has had his chance over and over, and he's not getting the job done. And this just uh, this cemented that that fact of what you mentioned. And it's it's interesting to see what will happen here. It was such a big hire when they got Jim Harbaugh to come back and to be the head coach as alma mater. He was coming off such a good tenure there, a short tenure, but good tenure with the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, all points signed to him becoming the next guy in the Big Ten to challenge Urban Meyer and then eventually Ryan Day in the Big Ten. And, you know, if you can't beat Ohio State, you know, I don't know how long your leash can be. And if you can't beat younger brother Michigan State, again, I don't know how long your leash can be. So, you know, time's ticking there in Ann Arbor. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Oklahoma State's down eight after a loss um, to Texas, 41-34. This was a good one. We picked this last week. Um, this was an interesting upset. I will talk about it a little bit later in the pod, but they're down eight after losing to – I don't know if we're really sure what Texas is yet. I don't think Texas is a bad team. I don't think Texas is a great team, but, yeah, they're down eight. To me, Oklahoma State's still probably one of the better teams in the Big 12. But hats off to you, Dan, for last week picking uh, picking Oklahoma State to get upset by Texas. Uh, you know, you obviously had the secret touch on that one. So tip my cap to <laughs> oh, you, sir. Why, thank you. Why, thank you. Uh, Penn State's down 11 spots. They dropped out of the top 25. What should we expect from Penn State for the rest of the season, you know, they they're they're down 0-2 in the season. Um, first loss again was a one point, uh, couple centimeter, uh, you know, game against Indiana, and it, it was it was a doozy. And then they kind of went out. I don't want to say they played awful against Ohio State. I just think it's pretty clear that um, they're not. It, nobody in in the Big Ten is really in the same boat as Ohio State. Uh, they're just a whole different level. So Penn State's got Maryland and Nebraska in their next two games. Maryland doesn't look awful either. I'll be very intrigued to see what happens here. Maryland had a good upset. Uh, I guess it was an upset last week over Minnesota. Yeah, I would say so. And so I don't know if they're going to be a team that you can just walk over in the Big Ten. Penn State still has the talent. We know they do. Offensively, they just look really out of sync right now. They can't find a rhythm. They can't get the ground game going. And, you know, that, there was a lot of different factors into why they couldn't upset Ohio State. Ohio State was a better team that day. But Penn State's got some things that I think they need to figure out, especially kind of an identity. Again, they got talent at every level of both sides of the football. So I'm I'm looking for them to turn it around. I don't I do think they're a top twenty five team. Uh, bad string of luck in the first game, and now a tough opponent in the second game. So I think they'll rebound from this. I think James Franklin will have them turned around and ready to go. I'm with you. I I think they're a top twenty five team as well. I think if they play their ball, I I honestly don't know if they lose another game this season. Not that they don't have tough ones coming, but I just think that they do have the talent. I think James Franklin is. He's proven himself to be an above-average coach. Uh, maybe not get over that hump yet. Kind of almost, almost Jim Harbaugh-esque in terms of winning certain games, not winning certain games, and uh, 
and I, you know, it'll be interesting. Uh, a name to look out for, or a player to look out for, rather, Jahan Dotson. I don't know if you saw him, but boy, wow. oh boy, did that man ball against Sean Wade, too, who could be a top cornerback in this year's draft. I mean, it is – the kid looked good, and, and you have to look now. Penn State's producing some receivers the past couple of years. They are. Definitely. Definitely. I think there's a lot of different schools in the country that can claim to be wide receiver U. Uh, but Penn State's kind of got some guys, and I think Ohio State does it the same way, where there's some guys that might not be going early in the draft – but they're showing that they're producing NFL receivers, guys that are ready to produce right away as rookies in the NFL. And, yeah, that kid had a couple of incredible catches back-to-back. Yeah. He had a full full game entirely that was really special. So I, I'm interested in watching him more this season. I believe he's a sophomore. Yes. Uh, so he he's not eligible eligible. Correct. But, uh, but yeah, he's, he's a fun one to watch. Absolutely. Uh, and then the last faller. UNC loses to Virginia 44-41. They dropped 15 spots. Yeah, number 24 right now in the coaches poll, out of the top 25 in the AP poll. You tell me, Dan. I mean, what did we think last week about North Carolina and how legit they were in the ACC? Uh, I'll tell you what. I they 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 trick me almost every week because – just when I think, you know what, UNC is back. Mac Brown's got this team ready to go. This happens. They come out, play flat to to the Cavaliers, and, and it's just I don't know what to expect anymore. Do I think they're probably a top twenty-five team? Yes. Do I think they're higher than twenty? No. I, I probably not at this point. Um, they they can't string. They can't string a full get game together. Even I go back to they played VTech, who's pretty meh this year. They were killing them. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the score was off the top of my head, but they were absolutely destroying Virginia Tech. And then all of a sudden, it's like a three point game or something way too close. They just can't. They can't hold on to those leads. Yes, they pulled that one out, but they've got to find a way to play entire games um, and and close games out as well. So. The ATC has played now six weeks of football, and I think there's a very clear break between the first two or three teams and the next tier, whatever you want to call that. And I think UNC falls more into that second tier than they do anywhere close to sniffing that first tier. Sure. Are you, do you think in Clemson, Notre Dame, Miami is top top three teams? I do. You know, I still have some concerns about Miami. You know, I'd like to say that they're back. That's another team that has talent every year, but seems to just never be able to put it all together. Sure. But this year they're they're playing they're playing better, and so I'd like to see them compete with the rest of the ACC. You know, I think they're in eleventh right now in uh, in the AP poll, and they're tenth right now in the coaches poll. So we'll see we'll see what continues to happen with them throughout the season. Uh, and so, you know, we had our risers who were cooking. We had our fallers who kind of got cooked. But, uh, you know, we, we we move right along here. So now that we talked a little bit about that top 25, uh, let's take a look back at some of our picks from last week. We're going to take a look at last week's four-year starter predictions between Bain and Bear and how they went. And, you know, it's hit or miss. Sometimes we have good weeks. Sometimes we have bad weeks. But... All in all, I would say 
picking these can be a little tricky. It's tricky. Bane, four and eight last week. Bear, seven and eight. I might be pushing my luck here a little bit, but I'm proud of what I predicted. But oh man, it's hard to keep the keep a, a record that high when it comes to betting. Seven out of eight picks is great. Ryan, you're sitting at that 50% area. Um, Ryan, you missed Oklahoma State. You missed both. You had um you had Oklahoma State winning that and covering. Texas didn't look great. And again, I'll talk about it a little bit later as to why they ended up getting this victory. But uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, you know, you picked a couple of really tough games to choose our pick them for, Dan, and especially against the spread. But uh, Oklahoma State, I chose because I thought that they would end up getting a few turnovers. So I don't want to run on your parade just too much right yet, but I definitely think that Oklahoma State would have done more defensively than they did. But even then, it felt like they had the game kind of in control for a lot of it. So it's it's tough to go on that one, and obviously Texas gets upset, so they're going to cover that spread. I'm not entirely sure I remember what the, the spread was anyway, but uh, regardless, Oklahoma State didn't come out and do what I expected, and that, and that happens in college football sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's one of those things where <laughs> nine times out of ten, Oklahoma State probably does find a way to win that game. So, um, Cincinnati, you had Memphis covering there, and boy, oh boy, did Cincinnati show show the show the committee something. I don't know what it was, but it was something, and it was something good, if you ask me. If we, we talked about last week, you know, I thought that this Memphis offense was going to probably be the best that Cincinnati faced all year. And so in my opinion, I felt like Cincinnati would get out to a, a pretty strong lead and Memphis would find its way back a little bit. I thought they'd bend Cincinnati more than any other team on their roster has, or excuse me, on their schedule has up to this point. And that just didn't happen. Cincinnati just flat out was prepared and game planned and did everything right to stop a really potent offense. So I was very surprised about that one. Happy about that one. I wanted to see Cincinnati win. I want to keep seeing them climb up the poles, both in the AP and the coaches. So I think you're right, Dan. I think that was a really good statement game. Yeah. Fickle, uh, Fickle had them ready, like you said, and, and they came out, they really only, they gave up one touchdown in that game. And I'm almost inclined to say it was fluky. It was a 93-yard screen pass. That was it. That was the only touchdown they gave up, and it was made the game 7-7 early in the game, 7-7. They didn't score another touchdown after that. Um, so props Just to Cincy. Great resiliency by a defense. Anytime you give up a huge touchdown like that, you're, you're prone to possibly bending more and trying to make bigger plays than you need. Everybody came out that next series and did their job, and they did that through the rest of the game. So I was really impressed. Boston College, Clemson. Man, did BC give Clemson a scare. I was a little surprised at that one. Uh, Not only did Boston College cover the spread, they also were leading for a good portion of the time. I did think that Clemson had to shake off a little bit of rust with the new quarterback in there, but hats off to Boston College. They fought pretty hard, and – it was actually a closer game than it looked there until the end and, and saved uh, Clemson, excuse me, picked up that safety. So 
I was hoping that BC found a way to come back and put that last touchdown in. <laughs> I really was. And sure. Yeah. I'm an optimist. I'm a dreamer. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. I, it, who cares that Trevor Lawrence wasn't there? It wasn't going to happen. Just plain and simple. BC, it, they looked fine. I mean, they played really well. They they took it to Clemson for part of that game, but it just wasn't. In the end, Clemson was going to win that game. They were going to win the game. Um, maybe a different story this week, but time will tell. Um, uh, on my end, I missed Penn State. I had them covering. Shame on me. I'm not a huge Penn State fan, and I went against my gut. Ohio State's just a, one, Dan, but uh, don't get used to it, okay? All right, all right. Ohio State's just in a whole nother tier. It is. It, it's. It's really shaping up to be Clemson, Bama, and and Ohio State. I think with a fourth lucky team, Cincinnati potentially getting in but you know we'll Fingers see crossed. we'll see now i want to jump into our second to last segment of the of the night our wow factor wow 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 the wow factor who showed us that wow from this past weekend there were a few teams that really came out and got the job done but why where were, did we have ourselves saying the big W-O-W, wow. So, um, if you don't mind, I'm going to start, hop right in there. Um, my first wow factor came from Cincinnati. Uh, we kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier. They had a 49-10 victory over Memphis. It's a decent Memphis team, too. I mean, within the first 45 seconds of me tuning into this game, I believe I had on Michigan, Michigan State. I decided to change it over to the Cincinnati Memphis game. In the first 45 seconds of turning this game on, Desmond Ritter, quarterback for Cincinnati, chucks up a 43 yard pass to Alec Pierce. And I don't know if you had a chance to see this, but by God, this man's catch was beautiful. He completely, he basically, the way I would look at it, in the mid, more or less at the goal line, he pulled a two handed. Odell Beckham Jr. catch. Now, he didn't use three fingers, but he stretched his body to where he no longer was a 180-degree line, but it was going back further. So now he's approaching like 190 degrees. His the, his body angle was out of this world. I could not believe it. I'm like, I looked at, I, I looked over at my family and I was like, wow. And so at that point, you know, it had to, it had to be on my wow factor. Cincinnati looked great. And, and, and so did Alec Pierce's catch. So Alec Pierce props to you, Desmond Ritter. Nice throw. Well done. Bane, you got any wow factors for me today? My wow factor from this weekend was the BYU Cougars. Well, we talked about it a little bit last week. I'm high on BYU, and I think it really comes down to their quarterback, Zach Wilson, who I mentioned on my social media this past week from Bring the Blitz with Bain is shooting up draft boards right now. I think he's going to end up as QB3. He's been awesome. He did throw a pick in this game. But what really wowed me about BYU was their ability to string long drives together and get big plays. This is an offense that can be productive running the ball or passing the ball, and they can do what they want and control the tempo of a game. Even though Western Kentucky beat them in time of possession for the game, it never really felt like WKU was going to 
have a chance to topple the Cougars. So BYU is my wow factor this week. I'm looking forward to continuing watching their schedule unfold and see if they can be an undefeated squad this year. BYU, they do look good. And I, and I think Wilson is, is going to be that QB3, QB4. But man, oh man, I, before the season started, I think he's looking at maybe third, third-ish round going, getting drafted. Um, and yeah. and he has been he has done nothing but just improve his draft stock. Uh, props to him. Uh, props to his Cougars, the seven and zero, uh, and you know, and they're working right now. They are working. They've got a test against Boise State this weekend, which could be a fun one. I I think BYU should go in there and handle business. But I, I mean, I'm with you. That's that is definitely they definitely had a nice little wow factor. Boise State does come in at twenty one on the AP top twenty five. 23 in the coaches poll so yeah good top 25 matchup for us there we'll maybe get to uh preview that game later this week we will get to preview that game later this week well along with uh two or three other top 25 matchups that i'm excited about um i have another team this week bane that really really did bring out some a, a wow factor for me and i didn't i didn't fully expect it uh and that's the gators of of florida they came out after a long break due to some COVID matters, uh, and and I kind of expected some relatively mediocre play, and that was not the case. They handled Missouri rather well, uh, and they handled them with confidence. They looked competent. I don't know why my mind was saying, you know, long break, they're going to be slow, they're going to be shaky, Mizzou's going to give them a little bit of a run for their money. I expected them to win. Uh, but I, I did not expect him to come out and win 41-17 over Missouri. Kyle Trask has somehow worked his way into the Heisman conversation. And uh, tight end Kyle Pitts is by far my favorite tight end in this year's draft. Um, I would agree. He's a, he's a great playmaker, and they've been fun to watch. I've, I've been surprised about Florida. Same. Uh, the two of them have shown me – what chemistry is better than my 12th grade teacher. I mean, at this point, if I don't have a chance to watch the Florida game, I make sure to find Pitt's highlights later in the day and just, and just sit down and watch what he does. Talk about explosive. He's, he is going to be, I think someone who's going to come into the league and within a few years really make some noise. So, you know, I'm excited for that. As college football fans, we all wish that our team could win the national championship. But with Make-A-Wish, wishes are more than just a nice thing, and they are far more than gifts or singular events in time. Wishes impact everyone involved from kids, volunteers, donors, sponsors, medical professionals, communities, and more. For Wish Kids, just the act of making their wish come true can give them the courage to comply with their medical treatments and fight on. Please visit wish.org backslash donate and help make a child's wish come true. Yeah, so Barry, my other wow game of this past weekend was really two-sided and it was Auburn LSU I was wowed at how good Auburn looked and I was wowed how bad LSU looked I know LSU's lost a lot lost a lot on both sides of the ball including their star receiver opting out but they just don't look like a team that can really do anything on either side of the ball right now competently and that you kind of have to look at coaching in that. You know that there's still talent on this team, not picking on anyone, but at some point they got to turn it around. And on the other side of the ball, Auburn, 
two-loss team now, but I still think that they're one of the better two-loss teams in the country. And they showed me a wow. This game was 42-3 to heading into the fourth quarter. They were annihilating LSU on every aspect of the game. So Auburn would be my second wow factor of the week. Yeah, I respect that. I think that's a great choice there. Uh, speaking of, you know, Auburn being a two-loss team, what do you think are the two – like, what do you think the best two-loss team is in the top 25? Right now we're looking at uh, number 17, Iowa State, who has losses to the Ragin' Cajuns and Oklahoma State, but they've beaten the Sooners. Number 19, Oklahoma, uh, who has lost to Kansas State and Iowa State, but they've beaten Texas. Number 22, Texas, who has lost to Oklahoma and TCU – but they've beaten Oklahoma State. And then we have that Auburn team you were just talking about who have losses to Georgia and South Carolina um, and don't have a top uh, – and don't have a single win yet above a 500 team. Um, and it's interesting because, yes, that last little statistic about Auburn would make you believe, you know, eh, they might not be quite there. But they're they're doing some things on offense – that I didn't quite expect. I'm not a Bo Nix fan. I've made this evident before. Um, but his statistics from last year have improved. He's been sacked more this year. And if you go back and watch, not much of that is on him. It's not like he's holding the ball too long. Um, it's not like he's making stupid decisions. It really is just for lack of help up front most times he's getting sacked. And every other category that he has – has improved, including completion completion percentage, uh, yards, touchdowns, the whole nine yards. At this point last year in the season, he wasn't as far as he is. And so, you know, I, I am going to give a little bit of props to Bo Nix there. But I just think it's interesting that, that Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas kind of have this jumbled of, you know, this person beat this team, but they beat this team, but they lost to this team who lost to this team. And it's... I'm not sure even how to look at that right now. Who do you think is the top team that has two losses? You know, I do power rankings for the NFL every single week. And one of the hardest things is trying to place teams above teams that beat them or, you know, they have a better record, but they lost to a similar opponent. That type of stuff always happens. And it's happening right now in the big 12. There's this triangle of, of pretty good four and two teams that, have all lost to one another. And so it makes things a little difficult to get a read on these teams. Uh, so for me, I think it's personally Auburn. I know that they haven't had the best strength of schedule yet, but I think when they're at their best, they can beat an Oklahoma. They can beat an Iowa State. They can beat a Texas. I like Iowa State. I like Brock Purdy at the college level. And so, you know, I'd like to root for Iowa State, but I think they're a little inconsistent. And Really, I don't think they have the same amount of talent as Oklahoma or Auburn does. I think there's a couple of teams in the ACC that might be able to make a, an argument for UNC obviously dropping out after their loss to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's 4-2 as well, as is NC State. I kind of like NC State as a possible team that could shake things up here in the next coming weeks in the ACC. So for me right now, it's Auburn, and I think Iowa State would be the second one. but. Big 12's got a lot to sort out. So Auburn's yours, and then you have Iowa State as as that second team that you think could uh, make the most noise. And and I'm going to go with neither. I look wow. at 
Oklahoma, who had two early losses uh, to Kansas State and Iowa State. But I think that this team is starting to figure some things out because if you look at their past few games, I believe it's their last three games, they have made teams more or less look silly. Uh, Texas Tech, who I think we both think is better than you know what their record shows. TCU, okay team. Texas. Now, they did not just dismantle Texas, but it was a high-scoring affair. It was that shootout, and they found a way to win, which I think is important. And I think winning that Red River rivalry really, really jump-started this team. They should go out and beat Kansas next or this week, and then they have a bye. But following that bye week, they're going to come out. They're going to play Oklahoma State, and I think that is going to be a game to watch because if Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State, they are saying that, yes, we struggled in the beginning of this season, but we are the team to beat in this conference. Yeah, and I think if you look at Oklahoma's roster, too, it's as young as it's been in a while, it feels like. Like, I know that the quarterback there, Rattler, is – uh, still trying to get his feet wet in college football. Uh, but even outside of that, on the defense side of the ball, they have so many young guys, freshmen, sophomores, redshirt guys that uh, are getting experience for the first time. So I think that makes a lot of sense that they had that attrition in the beginning of the season. And I think you're right. They could figure it out from here on out. So as we always do, we close out our recaps of the previous week um, with some some hindsight. My hindsight comes in the form of Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State destroyed Texas in just about every facet of the football game this past week. Yards was 530 to 287 in favor of Oklahoma State. First downs, 32 to 17 in favor of Oklahoma State. Penalty yards, 142 to 70. But where the game really mattered in the end was that tiny little section that says T-O turnovers. Oklahoma State had four turnovers to Texas's zero. The four turnovers they had kept them in this game and 100% helped Texas lead them to a much-needed victory over a top-10 team. Oklahoma State, if you want to win a game, you got to hold on to the ball. But hey, hindsight's 20-20. Ben, you got any hindsight for me? Yeah, my hindsight comes down to something that I truly believe in in football at all levels. You win in the trenches. And I'm looking at the Michigan Wolverines and the Michigan State Spartans from this past weekend. And I'm asking myself why UM couldn't win in the trenches. They have great talent both on the offensive line and defensive line. They have two guys that might be first-round draft picks on the edges, could not could not come up with a single sack on Sparty. That's just not something that's going to lead to wins. Uh, you know, you look at the stats in this game, they were efficient enough on third down. They had more total yards than Michigan State. They had more rushing yards and slightly less passing yards, but they only averaged four yards a carry and less than six yards per pass attempt. And I think that starts with the amount of pressure that Michigan State was getting up the middle on this offensive line was really unimpressed with Michigan and, and their inability to win that game in the trenches. And 
really they know better. They know that games are won in the trenches, and hindsight's twenty twenty. I love it. Now, this is not this is our recap week, and we'll 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 do our um you know we'll do our prediction prediction pod on on Thursday, but. <laughs> There is some action tomorrow night, and so before we, you know, sign off for the evening, real quick, I want to roll through uh, two or three games here, give you my predictions, chime in with what you think if you prefer. Uh, I'm looking right now, uh, Ball State, Miami of Ohio. I'm always going Ball State, Miami, Ohio. I don't really care who's favored. I don't like them. Not happening. Um Game two, Buffalo at Northern Illinois. I'm going Buffalo. I think that's an easy pick there. I think Buffalo, uh, yeah, sure, they may have lost some pieces, but I think they're going to show up and show out. And then uh, final pick, I'm looking for an upset. Uh, at Central Michigan, I am taking the Ohio Bobcats with the upset here. Uh, Bane, your thoughts on some of these games? I love that you're picking all the away teams. I think that's uh, very ad- advantageous of you. I think this year, more than any year in action, travel is going to mean a little bit more. Um, I think it's going to really wear down on a lot of teams and stuff like that. But I like the Buffalo and Northern Illinois pick. I think Buffalo is a very good team. I like the Ohio and Central Michigan pick. Central Michigan and, well, Ohio does as well. But both teams have a little bit of questions at the quarterback position. I like that game. But I think Miami is going to get the win over Ball State. Reigning MAC champs. Pick to win the East again. They return their their star quarterback, and uh, I think this team will be be pretty tough to beat this year. But you never know with some action, man. It, it it's a little bit crazy. So I'm looking forward to it tomorrow night. Should be a lot of really fun contests. Make sure to tune in to ESPN, uh, ESPN two, ESPN three, ESPN U. All of them have games on. Uh, definitely start with ESPN though, and the Bobbies and the Chippewas. And as always, folks, thank you for tuning in. I'm Bear. I'm me. Stay sweet.